It's been said that most people die at age 25 and wait to be buried at age 65. So the big question is this. How are entrepreneurs like us who believe in God and read the Bible preparing for the financial danger that the bankers and brokers do not want us to know about? How do we resist a life that's less than we are promised and hold on to our dreams so that we can live in fullness every day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the secret. My name is Nate Scott, and welcome to the Life is Rich podcast. This is Nate Scott, author of Life is Rich, How to Create Lasting Wealth, which is a principle-centered, biblically-based leadership program focused on personal growth and entrepreneurship, specifically addressing the fact that 77 million baby boomers are retiring and facing a cash flow danger, that 66 out of 100 people age 65 earn less than $30,000 retirement, that 47% of people say if they had a $400 emergency, they'd have to sell something or borrow money to address it, and 68% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. It's about how to think versus what to think. Today, I'm delighted to have an opportunity to speak with Greg C. Washington, who has a very important mission. And what's really great is that we have a commonality. We're both graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. And so this is an opportunity for Greg and I to connect. This is our very first conversation. And we are meeting because I saw that he was embarking on a very important journey that's going to culminate on September 11, 2021. And so this is an opportunity for me to let Greg share his message, his cause, and for those of you that it resonates with, to hopefully have you all, give you an opportunity to join us as we continue to move forward with this mission of decreasing the suicide rate of veterans. And so, Greg, great to meet you. Nate, same here. I appreciate you having on and reaching out and connecting to me. Uh, it's awesome just about the network that we have. So, I mean, it, it's such an honor to meet old grads that have helped pave the way um, for, for us as a whole. So, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Greg, if you would, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so, Greg uh, Washington, I was a freshman or sleeve when 9 11 happened. So, me and my class, we knew we were going to war. And I remember promising my two best friends that I would have their back, you know, no matter what. And so we all graduated, knew what we were getting into, forward deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. And I was never prepared to lose them. And so I lost my two best friends to combat. And having been an infantry officer, I was hurt and injured myself uh, while on my deployment. And so my transition out the military was so tough that I found myself spiraling out of control and into a depression where my quality was like to the point where I figured I'd be better off ending it versus having to live this life on a day-to-day, you know, being in pain uh, mentally, physically, so if you would pick it back up to to the um the commitment you made to your your classmates. Yeah. Uh so we were freshmen when nine eleven happened and I remember looking at uh, one of my best friends, David Perez, when we were in class 
and she was so shocked and devastated about the Twin Towers coming down. Um, I remember us having a conversation that they heard, Scotty Pace and myself, and we made a promise to each other to, to always have each other's back and to look after each other. And so when we graduated, I was an infantry officer, Scotty went aviation, and Emily went medical corps. Um, we all four were deployed. And so I ended up losing Emily Perez and Scotty Page uh, to combat. And I had to deal with that survivor's remorse on top of my own injuries that were sustained overseas as well. And so my transition out of the military was so tough that couldn't find answers at the bottom of the bottle. I had nights, well, I had days where I didn't know if I was dreaming or awake because I was living a nightmare. I found that my quality of life was so poor that I questioned if life was worth living. And so one day I found myself um, with the loaded gun getting ready to make a terrible decision. And in the middle of me getting ready to make this decision, I got a phone call from my little cousin who's about 12 years old. Just calling to check on me. And that one phone call gave me enough time to breathe, to think about what I was doing, and to know that suicide wasn't the way. And so it has been an uphill battle since then. But I thought, man, if I was the leader and my transition was that hard, I can only imagine what it's like for other soldiers and service members that don't have the tribe to connect to, know the resources to get help. And so we started to put together this program through our nonprofit called the Walk to Honor. And I ended up having to jump ahead of schedule because at the beginning of this year, I watched another West Point graduate uh, and teammate take his life on Facebook Live. And so I told my team, we, we got to go, we got to move. And they were like, Greg, now, you know, let's wait another year so that we can remake this thing big and put it out there. And I said, a 22 vets die a day, and you want me to wait 365 days? I said, that's one too many lives that are at stake that we could be touching on a daily basis. And so I've literally been walking by faith, and I mean, with each step, it feels like the bridge is being built right underneath me. And so I'm walking 1,800 miles. I started at Mount Bayou, Mississippi, and that's Mount Bayou with a D. And I made my way to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and we're heading on up to West Point, New York, the military academy, uh, where I hope to be greeted by our alumni and get a chance to talk with the cadets and be a part of uh, the military suicide prevention program uh, when it comes to mental health in September. And so every big city that we stop in, we host these mental health rallies where we're connecting communities to local and state resources when it comes to mental health. And so it's been an amazing journey for myself, and it's been an amazing journey for 
just to meet all the people, you know, along the way. Wow, wow. That is all all inspiring. Let me ask you right now, how are you being funded? How is this actually being supported? Where are your resources coming from? So currently, uh, the majority of the resources are self-funded. I have two sponsors, uh, one Stony Lonesome Group and Lazy Days. When I made it from Mount Bayou, Mississippi into Jackson, um, me and my team, a tornado hit us, and we barely made it into the hotel um, before the tornado um, touched ground. And so my uh, the superintendent, a three-star general, um, William Lennox, he's, my, he's been my mentor since I was a cadet, um, heard about what happened, and he was able to lend some support and help coordinate us having an RV. Uh, for the duration of this walk. So Lazy Days has been one sponsor with donating the RV, and then the rest has been just this grassroots effort of getting people to support the cause and, and join in, in the mission of helping create this national suicide prevention campaign. And so I am hoping that our alums, our communities, um, and other organizations will see this effort and join in in the fight because so many men and women have raised their hand honorably to serve and come home and still have to fight a war but on a different battlefield. And they need our support. They need our care. They need us to show up and be there for them. And so part of what I'm doing Along the way, every person that I meet, I challenge them. Just like the 22 push-up challenge, this is a little different. This is the body body check-in challenge. So think of one friend, one family member, one battle buddy that you hadn't spoke to in a while or that you know that might be going through something and call them and check in. And the reason I say that is because the same way my cousin called me in my darkest moment, and save my life, that one phone call just might save somebody else's. I was just led to reach out to you because, man, I tell you, you know, when you're embarked on, on something, you're doing something that makes a difference, it is a walk of faith because it's out of obedience that you're doing it. And I can totally relate. I tell you that I reached out to you telling you that I'm, I'm working towards that same objective and at times, there's times in which there's discouragement because many times there are people that will be skeptical and that will say things that don't understand that that which they say can impact how others perceive whatever it is that's being done. And so I kicked off a commitment to this, but it really stemmed from my experience as a 19-year-old walking the perimeter during Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. When I said, Lord, if you allow me to make it back, I'll never waste the day of my life. My company is Life is Rich Global, and Life is Rich means I live in fullness every day because I realize I am Christ's heir. What I found is that what veterans miss most is what most civilians actually fear, and that's a regimented, cohesive network that always checks on you. 
And that ties directly into what you just now said about reaching out and reaching out and connecting with someone because you had that thought. There's something that tapped on the shoulder that says, hey, pick up the phone. And that's really how I responded when I saw your post. It's like, no, I got to do this right now. It was, it was, it was, it was something. And I always say it's the Holy Spirit because I'm a believer. And that's really what it is. But as I reflect, as a soldier, when I joined the Army as an 18-year-old, I expected to face many challenges and hardships as an individual, whether that meant getting yelled at or shot at or made to jump out of airplanes. What I didn't yet understand was how much I put aside my individual concerns and focus on my fellow service members or how much they do the same for me. Now, the truth is that I'd never been in such a supportive social environment in my life. In the Army, it mattered to someone else whether or not my boots fit properly. It mattered to someone else whether I had been to a dentist recently. It mattered to someone else if I wasn't where I was supposed to be at the right time. Well, as a combat veteran, all of this attention paid to my performance was in the interest of team performance. But it also meant someone was always there for me, checking on me, making sure I was good to go. All of us were doing this for one another. If I was on a road march and a member of my squad was struggling, I would help share his load. If I was on crutches and couldn't carry my tray in the dining hall, a fellow soldier would be right there to help me. That's just how it was. We learned to think of others first, and then you exit the service. Now, as a West Point cadet, gone suddenly is the cohesive structure that existed to take care of you. Gone is that strong sense of Social Security. Gone is the sense that wherever you go, you know where you fit. Gone are the familiar cultural norms. Gone are your friends from your ready-made peer group who are just as invested in your success as you are in theirs. You know, news reports carry a lot of disheartening statistics about U.S. veterans. Nearly a fifth of veterans between the ages of 18 and 24 are jobless. Veterans suffer 33% higher rate of narcotics overdoses than the rest of the population, and their suicide rate is slightly higher, too. People often react to this with pity, assuming that the cause is tied to trauma suffered while in the service. But as an infantry officer, I suspect that the main contributor to trouble to adjusting to civilian life is something else entirely. And rarely is it because of the battle service. Rather, when veterans leave military service, many of them, like me, are leaving the most cohesive and helpful social network they've ever experienced, and that hurts. Most veterans recently aren't suffering because they remember what was bad. They're suffering because they missed what was good. Of course, many veterans just power through, and they do fine. Veterans on average have better health, earn more money than the average American, but others fall short of the potential simply because they're missing something and they can't tell what it is. Here's what I think it is. I think that the social prescription for most veterans facing challenges in civilian life should be the same. Find them a social network to replace the one they actually lost. And so what we do is we introduce veterans to a social network to replace the one they lost, and we provide a plan mentorship and support for them to succeed that plan mentorship and support is rooted in believers life is rich means live in fullness every day our mission is to inspire people to live in fullness every day spiritually mentally emotionally relationally physically and financially and we're foundationally built on matthew 633 which says seek ye first kingdom of god and then all things thereafter shall be added unto you. So we work to enhance the lives of those we touch by helping people reach their goals. We've chosen veterans and women to help them reach their goals. We seek alignment before assignment. In your mission, 
I think is a very, very important uh, step because of something visible. You have your own story that I think needs to be heard. And I think that other veterans like you, like me, would benefit if we went beyond without would be went beyond just the the short term but also say now what can we do to to recreate those things so that we in turn feel like we're making a contribution and we feel like we belong what are your thoughts man i'm right there with you um i i definitely believe that having a strong support group a tribe is is very key to you know, to, to success when it comes to transition out of, out of the military or going through something uh, because what I found is that a lot of people suffer in silence and you never know that they're struggling or going through until whatever they're struggling with or going through breaks them. And a lot think that, oh, I got it, I got it, I can manage it until they can't. And then they don't have a plan in place to be able to help save themselves. And so that's part of, you know, why I am doing this. I need and I tell everybody, you know, if you don't have a tribe to connect to, don't connect with me and mine. And because I, you, you look at it, you think about, the top three risk factors for suicide that increase the chances of suicide. Isolation, toxic relationships, and financial duress. Now, most people have two out of the three. A person dealing with all three, man, that is a lot of weight on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And to have to shoulder that alone and not have an outlet as far as someone to talk with, It gets tough. It gets tough. You hear a lot of veterans talking about having to walk through the valley. And there are some parts of the valley that, yes, you do have to walk through alone. But there are some parts where you should be able to lean in and call upon your battle buddy, your friends, your tribe, your help when you need it. Agreed. Agreed. And that conversation has to be had. You know, there's that veteran's journey map that we all go through. We join, we serve, we get out, and then we start back up. And when we're starting back up, I think the three things that that have to be addressed is taking care of ourselves, reinventing ourselves, and then putting down roots. Because after those things are done, then we retire, we age, and we die. I believe that if you, if standard of living is your major objective, then quality of life almost never improves. But if quality of life is your number one objective, your standard of living almost always improves. And so that's what I focus on. I focus on helping veterans to have quality of life as their number one focus. We have wellness. We have personal growth. And we have wealth. And as a result of those things being the focus tangible, 
we do it within a supportive network where there's contribution and there's a sense of belonging. And like one thing I definitely want to do is I want to open up my platform and invite you to speak to our man cave, which we meet every Saturday at noon. We focus on family, faith, and finances. But the biggest thing is we have a community of about 871 men now. We started this group in 2020. And it's an opportunity for, although it's not a veteran-focused veteran group, we have veterans, and I'm now trying to put a profile together of the veterans that are there because transitioning as an enlisted soldier and then transitioning as an officer, I've experienced what it looks like. And fortunately, I've been able to do it rather successfully, but it didn't mean that I didn't have life moments. You know, I went through job loss. I went through divorce. I went through losing, you know, homes. I've, I've gone through those things, but the saving grace for me when I tell people about my story is that my saving grace was that I truly had a strong foundational relationship with God because of my experience at 19 as a soldier that really lets me know, well, what the worst thing I use that as a, as a point of inspiring others to simply say that, listen, no matter, no matter what, you can always call upon me because I do have an empathetic ear because I've been there. I, I would love to come, to come talk and, and be a part of, of the main case. That <laughs> sounds exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Greg, like I said, man, I just wanted to seize this moment. I'm a go, I'm a go at it type of guy. Um, I've, I've, and this is just another way I give back because I have been able to, I just turned 50 this year at West Point. I was, uh, I went there, like I said, I didn't have an intention of going to West Point. I only went because I said that would be the only way for me to show them what soldiers were really like. I uh, graduated as third regimental commander and, uh, and then branched infantry. I was career by day, but I knew that if I ever had a relationship, I wouldn't stay in because I knew what my job really was. And so, um, but as I always say, I transitioned from out of the military, but the military didn't transition out of me. And so to that end, uh, I, I try to stay close, but I also realize that all communities and all networks aren't the same, and everyone is not about really being there and making things happen. And I wanted to at least model the behavior that I wanted from others. And so to that end, if I could ever be of service to you, uh, just know you've got a contact. And um, and you've got someone that you can definitely pick up the phone, connect with, and uh, provide any insight or perspective that I may have that can be a benefit to you. No, no, I appreciate it. Um, like I'm saying, I am walking by faith on this. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm having a little trouble with the academic and governing side of West Point just because they don't support nonprofits, they don't want to show favoritism. Yep. So trying to figure that out. Uh and my whole point of doing a nonprofit was so that I could get to West Point to speak with the cadets. And so yeah. needing help, needing the support, you know, from our community to make it to the final destination. Um 
is big, and then just needing help with spreading and making this a national suicide prevention campaign um, is what it's all about. And so every day, you know, I'm on social media. Uh, Greg C. Washington, if you look me up on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, uh, people will be able to connect and, you know, see day in, day out of what I'm doing, the people I meet. And if you get to the website, GregCWashington.com, and click on the Walk to Honor, uh, you'll be able to support as well as sign up to attend um, the rallies that I host in, in the different cities and even come walk with me. Awesome. Awesome. So that's GregCWashington.com. Again, GregCWashington.com. For those of you that are listening, is an opportunity for you to learn more about Greg's journey as well as you have the opportunity there if you would like to provide any amount of support that you're able to do so. And so, Greg, are there is there any other parting words that you'd like to share? Uh, you know, um, the, it's one quote that that I love that that you know I, I use for the theme of you know this walk, and I'll paraphrase it: Any good that I can do. Let me do it now, because on this journey that we call life, I may not pass this way again. So let me let me do that good that good work, that act of love, that act of kindness. Let me do it now. And so, for all of those that are out there, when something on the inside tugs at you to show that act of kindness, to think about or reach out to, you know, that one person, follow that. Because at the very core of you, being the greatest gift and treasures that we have in life is that selfless service and being able to help others. Wow, wow. That's it. Well, I appreciate you once again. Your your mission is important. You're truly being an instrument for God. And that's the reason why I felt moved to have you on. Again, life is rich. Our mission, our focus is in bringing people to the belief that truly all that God has already promised is for us to go out and get it. It's just a matter of whether or not we have enough faith to walk it out. The word says that now faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things unseen. Now faith means that our call to move into action right now. Substance, that which we stand upon. Now faith is some things hope for. Hope is an expectation because hope in our future is what gives us power in the present. Now faith is some things hope for. The evidence of things unseen, well, it's unseen to the natural eye, but to the mind's eye, it's very clear. Thank you for listening to the Life is Rich podcast. I'm your host, Nate Scott. Remember, if I tell you, you'll forget. If I teach you, you'll remember. But if I involve you, you'll learn. One way to get involved is to rate, subscribe, and leave feedback on iTunes by answering the question, what did you like best about what you heard? 
One of the problems faced by Christian entrepreneurs striving for success is having an alliance with like-minded people working together for a common, definite objective. Would you like to join a community of Life is Rich soldiers? If so, please rate and subscribe to the Life is Rich podcast on iTunes and text GROWTH to 904-204-0846 for the link and this month's free book. Again, please rate and subscribe to the Life is Rich podcast and text GROWTH to 904-204-0846. Again, my name is Nate Scott. Take care and be blessed.